Pray together. God, in simple faith, we lift our hearts to you. Grateful for another day. Grateful for a place to be. Grateful for all the things that will support and bless us and guide us and lead us in this day. And for everything that will challenge us and stretch us and help us to grow. We're thankful that in ways we can't begin to imagine, every one of us has known 
everyone is, is loved. And we pray that we might live from that reality that this day, that we might know that truth in a way that frees us. We won't be blind to it. We won't slip down beneath it. We'll walk in the goodness of your love and we'll live from that reality. We trust ourselves into your keeping as we face the end of this semester. Where we are tired, give us rest. Where we are afraid, would you bring us courage? And God, where we are weak, we pray for your strength through Christ. Amen. like an emerald. Coming from the throne are flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. Thank you. 
holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. morning. This group is more alive than the previous one. <laughs> the lectionary or the, this collection of scriptures that the church uses uh, uh, to mark the seasons of the church calendar. Um, the lectionary this month is taking us through some powerful passages from the book of Revelation where animals, creatures, and people of all nations worship the resurrected Christ. These revelation passages are paired up with stories in the Gospels where Jesus appears to his followers, reveals himself, imparts them the Holy Spirit, and commands them to spread the good news to the ends of the earth. The fact that we gather here this morning to explore these scriptures as we worship together people from all over the U.S., Latin America, and as far as India, China, and Africa, is a testimony to the power of those initial apparitions where people fell before him and called him my Lord and my God. I find myself often in events where worship leaders lead us on revelation-based songs, kind of like this beautiful song we sang this morning. We worship leaders try really hard to create a heavenly experience. But even as our worship experiences many times connect us to heaven, the reality is this, we are not there yet. So I find myself talking to the worthy lamb seated on the throne, and I say things like, you're majestic up there, but so much here has gone wrong. Is it possible for your majesty to touch our brokenness. The recent events in Boston and West, and even this morning we heard about tragedy in Bangladesh, a building collapsing, killing dozens of people. So all these events continue to bring these apparent contradictions to the forefront of our faith struggles. So we ask, lion and lamb, where are you? But as Pope Francis I reminded us recently during his Good Friday message, God has spoken and identified with our pain. He has done this in the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
through his atoning death, our incarnate Lord took not only our sin, but also bore our suffering. So while this is in no way an all-encompassing answer, the suffering of the Lamb of God reminds us forever of the love of God. And it is to this love that we respond with gratitude during our worship. So I want us to reflect on worship this morning. And I would like to highlight three Greek words used in the New Testament to denote worship. The first one is the word proskinesis. It means to prostrate oneself in homage, to reverence, to adore, worship. It engages our, our affections. It's affective reverence. This is the word used in Revelation 5.14, which we just read during the singing. And also in Revelation 7.11, where it says, All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders, and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God. From what we gather, this type of intense worship is going on constantly in heaven, according to the writer of Revelation. Our Pentecostal and charismatic brethren are drawn to this type of worship because it steers our hearts and emotions and involves the whole body. At its best, it's not self-centered as, as it seeks a deep connection with God that also attracts people to Christ and moves them to conversion. There is another word, another Greek word, that also denotes worship in the New Testament is the word liturgia. And this literally means the work of the people. It is where we get our word for liturgy or the ordering of our congregational acts of worship. This is what the early church of Antioch practiced, which in turn led to missions. An example of this happens in Acts 13.2 where it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, separate now for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And from a worship gathering in those days of the early church came a great movement of God that spread the good news and has led to me and you being here gathered for worship. So this gathering, which probably had a prescribed liturgy that included prayers and psalms, was also informal enough to allow, allow for the, a word from the Holy Spirit. A third Greek word, latreia, means the religious acts, especially sacrifices, that we present to God. So that is the word latreia. This is the word that the Gospel of Luke uses when it speaks of Anna serving at the temple day and night, praying and fasting. This is also the word that Paul uses in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, when he calls both Jews and Gentiles to celebrate God's inclusion of all races and to respond by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Now, here is a rendition 
of Romans 12, 1 and 2 by Eugene Peterson and his uh, translation or his version of the scriptures called The Message. It reads like this. So here is what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So Paul expected the Romans to practice a worship so real that he would in turn transform them into the image of Christ. Instead of being shaped or conformed by the pagan patterns of Roman culture. As we reflect on this during the season of Easter, we also we are also called to join with the disciples, put the kingdoms of this earth in place, and fall before Jesus Christ and call him our Lord and our God. There are, of course, many other words in the Old and New Testaments that can illuminate our understanding of worship, but let these three call us to ponder on three ways that we can engage in worship. Bringing God our heartfelt love and gratitude, participating in services where we proclaim the message and partake of his flesh and blood, and presenting our bodies and thus the whole of our lives to, our, to the Lord. Our bodies as sacrifices is a radical concept. With roots in the Old Testament, our bodies are the means God uses for us to experience his creation and to praise him for it. Even in illness, we do not despise our bodies, but are thankful for them. We remember, even when suffering, that Christ inhabited earth in a body, just like ours, yet without sin. And thus he blessed us in this earth by walking on it. So the incarnate Son of God leads us to be thankful for creation because it is the place where we worship our Lord. And we honor him with our bodies because it is through them that we give glory to God. So in summary, we can say that it is scriptural to engage our emotions or affections when we worship God. This is adoration. And the key words are, we love you, Lord, and we are thankful. Secondly, we also participate in corporate acts of worship where we remember the story of our redemption through scriptures, songs, and the breaking of bread. We also bring prayers of confession where we both say we're sorry for our sins and celebrate our identity and forgiveness in Christ. And thirdly, we present ourselves to him as living sacrifices, remembering that we are his, not just a church, but also acknowledge 
that he created all things and all things are his. Our studies, our work, our art, our sports life, the time we spend with friends and family, and as some of you reminded us during spring break, our vacation and leisure time can also be offered back to him as a living sacrifice. We can aim to practice our worship like the one happening in heaven right now, but we need to remember that we still worship in a time of the not yet. This is why we need the songs and our worship services. In them, we find, we find not only powerful words of praise and gratitude, but also words of lament, complaint, and even anger. God himself gives us in his scriptures the words to accompany our sometimes painful journey through life. Revelation also tells us that our bodies will not experience pain or decay when we are at the feast of the Lamb. In Christian worship, the eternal feast and the eternal church kiss each other. And while we can have this experience in our private devotions, God chooses to reveal himself in powerful ways when we gather as a community. Recently, I had the privilege to travel with 20 uh, Baylor students and two faculty from, to my native El Salvador. With the help of others there, we fed homeless senior citizens, we made rounds in a large and needy hospital, and we also participated in a medical brigade to the countryside. At the end of that week, we had a day of rest and reflection at the beach. It was a simple service, as you can see on this video clip here. A video of the beach might not be the best thing to show you while you're here about to suffer and with the end of the semester with papers and finals and all of that. But maybe we'll remind you that there is some hope. Summer is around the corner. For some reason, the Holy Spirit descended into our simple gathering and lives were transformed. Several students reported hearing the calling of God during this time. Some of them reported God bringing healing to them because of shocking events or tragic loss they had experienced in their lives. At a more personal, on a more personal note, uh, some of you, I, I heard some friends of mine at the beginning, some, some, some of you uh, know that I lost my wife 
about 10 months ago to cancer. And while we're still mourning and missing her dearly, uh, my daughters and I, I had twin girls who were 12, we um, her comforted by walking in the hope of the resurrection and also in, with the help of our church. But in the last week of her life, she um, was report, having visions of heaven. And it's like God had opened like a window there at the end of her hospital room where she was uh, seeing just splendors, colors, splendorous colors. And I was reminded of that as we were preparing some of these songs and some of these scriptures for today. And one, of, one thing that uh, Dr. Colon, she was the associate dean of the Honors College, said to us, said to her friends about worship, is that during this time of illness and during this, this time of suffering, that it all seemed the more real to her. I hope that this motivates us to go to church and to chapel with a degree of expectancy. Marvelous things can happen when God descends in a gathering to his beloved children. And yet, this is, this, even in times that did not yet, our worship can look like the worship going on in heaven. Maybe it can look a little bit like the worship going on in heaven, as described in Revelation, this passage from Revelation 7. Please stand with me and let's read this passage together. For this reason, they are before the throne of God. Read with me. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamp at the center of the throne will be the shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. May you walk in that hope today. Sing with me, How Great Is Your God, just the chorus. How great is our God. Sing with me, Bless you today.